Welcome, Pathfolk, to another after party for our actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. I am Rachel Sandage, your host for this evening or day or whenever you have chosen to listen to this. Midnight snack. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We have a lot to get through today, so I'm going to hand it over momentarily to kind of sum up the last few episodes that uh, our lovely players and myself experienced. Or well, well, I was going to say, or didn't experience as half of, of the episode was for us. Yeah. Episode 79, the one where everybody got stoned. Half of us. I don't actually the, uh, know what that episode was called, but I think that's what it should have been Ujibet. called. The, one with, the uh, one with Ujibet. Ujibet. It should have been the one where people got stoned. Well, yeah, but that's kind of a spoiler. Yeah, but it's funny. That's the thing with the title. We actually, I, I saw a thing on the subreddit recently where people were talking about alternative episode titles and things like that. <laughs> we, and uh, They can't be too spoilery. Rick is right. Meh, meh, meh. Yeah. So that's that's always the trick there is to include things that are that are memorable enough so that someone is later on going, okay, well, what was that episode? Or, you know, what was the episode where Sudi lost his eye? And then it's like, oh, okay, the one with, can't remember. Old Eye Taker. Old Eye Taker. Yep. Things like that, that it's like, okay, or like Boys Night Out, that we can't have spoilers in the name titles. So Hollis and Sudi got turned to stone, and Kabek charmed our Medusa friend, and there was a brief debate over the morality of killing a charmed creature. And Kavik was like, y'all are crazy. I think that there can be a long debate over the morality of enchantment spells, period. Yeah. yeah. Enchantment spells are kind of icky. They're way more icky than necromancy. Yeah. I mean, I think both are equally icky, but yeah. No. There's some necromancy spells that aren't icky. Oh, I mean, some necromancy spells, yes. Yeah, enchantment spells have that weird place. They they make me think of uh, Kilgrave. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, I just... As much as I loved David Tennant playing that character and oh. bringing it to life, there was always that, oh, you're such a skeevy weirdo. Like, uh, Jessica uh, Jones, for people who aren't getting the reference yeah. to that. Oh, um, yes, Jessica Jones. Yeah, the first scene of Jessica Jones is fantastic, mainly because of David Tennant, who literally has the ability to say for somebody to do something, and they have to do it. That's yeah, his whole power set. David Tennant's performance in that show is actually what made me go back and watch Doctor Who. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. also really good in Doctor Who. But yeah, creepy. Also, that was my very first combat with Hollis. I'm so sorry. And she rolled so well in her initiative, and then she... That was, yeah, that was a real... First um, in line to get petrified. Yeah, I was going to say, that was a real rough start. I just rolled badly to identify, and then like, well... Next time will be better. I hope. At least there is a next time, so there's that. So there wasn't anything we could really do about the stone situation, so... Onuris was like, I guess we're going to go talk to Mom and Afra. And we just and really hoped money. that none of those Nethians would go down there and take y'all's statues. <laughs> and they didn't. They didn't. Yeah, but there was a little fear there that it yeah. might happen. Yeah. We were like, mm, I don't know how I feel just leave them in there, but we didn't really have a choice. So I was surprised Kelru didn't interject a little bit more. Like, Well, he's not allowed in either, from what I understand. Yeah, he he's, go he's got permission. the keys, but I don't think he's actually allowed to go in. Well, no, but I mean, he didn't really question it. And I guess the lady... I want to call her lady just because I can't pronounce her name Ujibit. very well. Is it the Medusa? Ujibit, the Medusa lady convinced him that there was nothing to be done. But. They're pretty good bluff checks. Yeah. Well, and and also he assumed that Citra and Onuris would not have abandoned the two of them down there if there wasn't something else that could be done down there. Yeah. And Onuris is a more powerful cleric than Kelru. Kelru is point. at this point. So. So we oh, were about we even that. when we fought, but it's been a few levels yeah, since then. It's true. And he's just been in a moldy old library. And episode 80 was Citra, the Citra and Onduras show. Yep. Yeah. yeah. We had a nice 
airing out of our grievances and kind of did a recap unintentionally, I think. So it you unintentionally out, did the, the syndication 100 episode thing where they kind start of. doing like the flashbacks well, to make 100 when episodes. We, <laughs> when we started talking about, hey, this is how I feel about this and this is how I feel about this, it just ended up becoming a, this is why I feel this way about yeah. this. Uh, and okay. so we ended up unintentionally kind of doing a just rehash. Just for context setting. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Once a year we got a recap. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> so it, was kind of, it wasn't what we were planning on when we sent yeah. out the episode, but it just kind of happened that way, which there's been a lot of information we've gotten over the past 80-something episodes about Hockatap. Yeah. yeah. So I don't feel like the recap was necessarily a bad thing. No, but and it felt realistic. It's like what people would do. Be like, okay... It's been a long couple of weeks. What do we know again? <laughs> well, especially because if you think about how much information we've learned in weeks as yeah. you're putting in, it's like, dang, that's a lot to keep yeah. in your head. Yeah. That's not like long-term memory, you know, at that point. Yeah. And we pretty much learned that we were going to have to get into the Dark Depository and then on yours cast that divination spell to see if, hey, is there even a chance we're going to, how do we get into the Dark Depository? Yeah. I feel like if we didn't, uh, you know, have super adventurer paranoia, we'd have like one of those boards in the back with all the like strings connecting it and a little crazy person going, this! <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it, I think it's from like sunny in Philadelphia. Always sunny, yeah. yeah. I've never actually seen the show, but I always see that meme. And then uh, the next morning we went and talked to Mom and Offra, had some brunch, yeah. got told, hey, I'll give you these scrolls, but you have to represent me in this chariot race. Oh, by the way, don't lose. Or else. Intent. Uh, uh, I, I know, and like, like I said in the in 81, like that, the chariot race is so unexpected. I'm just like, oh my goodness. Yeah, that was not what I was expecting. <laughs> I don't know. She mentioned, or there was mention of a chariot race at some point, and yeah. I was like... I thought that was flavor. A, yeah. I just thought I, that was flavor. No, I had a feeling that we were going to get dragged into it Somehow. It sounds so cool. Yeah, it does sound cool. Like as a player, I'm excited, but like Sudi is not equipped for this. He has no experience with animals, really. So yeah. In episode 81, we got everybody back to the flesh, even the invisible stalker. Yes, yeah. and nobody died so despite save our die spells. Thank Horus. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Good gracious. Oh, Cyrus. That's why you're like I can't tell you if you're undone yet, is because of that save. Well, it's like yeah, we got the scrolls, but we don't know how the saving throw is gonna go. So it was a whole yep. thing. And we both rolled 11s Yeah, <laughs> on the die. And so let's see, we found die. out some more. We found out the interrogations have been moved. Of yep. course. And they were yeah. moved when the new Pharaonic Dynasty took over. And of course, is, they're moved to the Dark Depository because everything's is, going there. Which is super suspicious. It's either the Pharaoh came and saw these and said, oh, no, nobody can find out this. Or the church went, oh, the Pharaoh can't see this. Yeah. Yeah. I lean toward the latter, but honestly, I I don't know at this point. It's it. Everything is. I'll, I'll give it shady. I'll give it sixty forty odds that the church did it yeah. instead of the pharaoh. I'm I'm leaning more towards the church doing. Well, it. and we can look at the Hachia's face when we win our prize and say, "Hey, dark depository now." If, if it goes really pale, then she'll know. We'll know. Well, because I think the the Nethians here are the new modern version of the sacrosanct order of the blue feather. Yeah, I like that theory a lot. They, yeah, they that's didn't good theory. say that all of them had been found. They just we, yeah. the information we says is that Dejared at the second hunted down most of them. They were interrogated and then executed afterwards. Yeah. I really like the idea that they've been you know and, sneakily yeah. maneuvering. Yes, and we know that they're behind stealing the mask and right. the heart and all that jazz too. Don't forget, my ancestor was the throne of the, oh, yeah? the order, and he did not 
get killed that we know of. The throne makes me think of the esoteric order of oh, the, the Palantini. Palantini. They yes. have thrones yeah. and they stuff. They do have thrones, yes. Yeah. So well, a lot of the esoteric order of the Palantine Eye is also based off of Osirian. Oh. Oh, yeah, because yeah, it is Osirian. Yeah, they adopted oh, a whole lot of the Osirian iconography as well. Well, there you go. Yeah, well, there you go. Maybe that's the coincidence. And then we, or I, is it? I dismissed our invisible stalker friend. They're so okay. sad. Yeah, I was going to say, they have the saddest backstory the saddest, ever. The saddest Nimbus story. Papa is coming home. <laughs> oh, man. That was, yeah, that was like, that was really sad. Like, there was a lot of sadness in there. And we finished the library and leveled up. We did. Sure, we did level up. Yes. We did, actually, I don't think we even mentioned that in the episode that uh, post that episode, you guys leveled, had enough experience from clearing that and all the rest of that. So you're now uh, eighth. Eight. Level eight. Which means we can put ranks and stuff to help us with this <laughs> glorious well. chariot race. Yeah. yeah, if I knew what to put ranks in. But Falto is going to help us train. Yep. Which Woo. will be the reason why we suddenly have ranks and things. Yeah, yeah I, I was going to say, we're going to do a training montage. I think Hollis sure. is going to do the whole, like, I'm a wizard, nah, and like work. To make some money. And then, I guess you're still broke, yeah. And then we talked about the divination spell. We caught up our previously stone members up on what had happened and the stuff with the mask. What divination spell did you catch? The divination. Oh, Actual divination. divination. Okay. Yeah, one I of, curiosity. Um, I was curious because it's cryptic. <laughs> on her, it's one of his abilities is I can convert any one of my spells to certain spells. On, on I have a list. Yeah. And divination's like the fourth level spell. Uh, okay. Nice. So I just burned a fourth level spell slot since we were about okay. to go to bed anyway. And yeah, I, I really like the lower level divinations because they're less precise and more cryptic. Uh, versus just I contact my deity hey what's up and then you know? uh, Sudi heard footsteps on the roof and then uh, we ended the episode I, I, I've been kind of calling this where I'm like the church of Nethys is going to disappear as they're going to attack as they're going to do something I'm really hoping that's not what it we're is, about to have it is Santa Claus there are no secrets in Tefu it could be Sandy Claus actually instead <laughs> of Santa Claus Sandy Claus hmm? kidnap the Sandy Claus da, 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 da. Throw him in a box, yeah, bury him for well, two years, to, then see if he know. talks. Yes, yeah, yeah, you know. I, I may or may song. not know like every word of that movie. <laughs> Rachel's favorite movie. It, so. uh, it is, yes. Yes. So yeah, yeah, that recaps the last three episodes. As Heather mentioned, there the uh, we factored in the experience and everything from the party, clearing out the library and dealing with the various threats down in the spiral archive, and as such, the party leveled up. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about what you guys gained from this level. You want to start us off there, Jessica? I put my stat point in dexterity, so now I have a plus three modifier. Yep, it's eighth level, so it's a yep. stat level. Uh, and so I got a couple new spells, like I picked up Dimension Door, um, which Always would be fun. Useful. But otherwise, not a huge level. I didn't get a whole lot of other things. Odd levels are more fun for spellcasters, or yep. wizards and uh, clerics, anyway. Yep. Does your school power go up at eighth level, or is no, that... No, it was six. Oh, okay. Sui. So, Sui. Anything cool for uh, Sugar? Mm. Sugar got a little smarter. She now has a 13 intelligence. All right. She'll go up one every level forever, pretty much. She's second smartest in the party. Smarter than me. Sonia only has a 12. I have a 14. Oh, okay. She's third smartest. Almost as smart as Citra now. Coming yes. for you. Goodness. Give her another couple levels. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay, so for Sudi, uh, obviously third level living monolith, I got fortified flesh. Another ability you'll forget you have? Uh, no, I won't because I wrote it down. Uh, on my first page. <laughs> Did you not write down the last one? <laughs> no, no, I wrote it on my first page because okay. <laughs> fortified flesh gives me damage reduction of one and 10% immunity to critical hits. However, if I embiggen myself, use my enlarged person ability in my cost stone, it actually doubles that by giving me a plus one to my damage reduction and an additional 10% increase. So I'll actually be up to DR2 everything and then a 20% immunity to critical hits. 
and that will scale up as I level up. So I'm real excited. So does it concern Studi that he has damage reduction akin to that of a mummy? Mm, (laughs) He didn't really think of it that way, but now that you mention it, it's concerning. Uh, Well, Citra got a couple of cool perks this level. First off, I I upped my dexterity, so now I've got a plus six. I also got Disable Curse this level. Hey! Yeah, I could have used that like seven levels ago. (laughs) Yeah, well, I can't do anything about that now, but I can now disable curses like disable device, so that's kind of cool. And like a once per day, is that right? Yeah, it's only one time per day, so no, need, like, no double cursing. To, do you need like your picks to do that? Like, how do you disable? You put them in their nose. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I prefer not to question how it works and just assume that it works. I always is. I can't remember which one of this Pathfinder or Forgotten Realms novels that I read that was talking about how. Uh, Part of the rogues kit also includes things like special powders that let you see magical runes and like special like silvered picks that let you like scrape through magic runes and all that to kind of explain how they can disable magical traps. Yeah, you have to be able to see them to do that. And so, you know, I like to think that maybe she has a, a special powder concoction or various charms and such that she... It's probably like acupuncture. I just stab you in the right spot and it makes your curse go away. Oh, or, or like uh, just on our continued thing about Avatar where you just do like the pressure point things yeah. where you bind people's uh, in that case they stole away people's ability to bend but oh, in case like you restored them yeah. the ability did not be cursed yeah. yeah just like jab jab no more hurts uh, they hold their fingers together like the mouse and spirit it away and then you just go hi uh, yeah through it <laughs> And last thing I got was my rogue talent, so I got major magic, and I do have a fun little first level spell now. I can vanish. Oh, nice. Ooh, vanish is always nice. useful. So, uh, especially for a rogue. Get my sneaky attacks. Cool. On Yuris's stat point went into wisdom. Big surprise. I put some skill points in the things that are going to help us with this chariot race, like drive chariot, for instance. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually haven't put my points in because I don't know what to put them in so I'm assuming like handle animal maybe but I'll probably do like profession Profession driver profession driver okay I'll probably do profession driver then because I only have two points per level so I don't have a whole lot of spare ranks to you're about to be trained so I put a rank in profession driver and a rank in handle animal just because you can't use that untrained and I Mm. might need to calm down these camels and or horses because we're not sure which one it is yet clarification to the rules there you can you can use handle animal untrained specifically if you're using it to handle domesticated animals. Uh, oh. It has a little star next to it that you can't use it untrained. I thought, I thought you couldn't use it either. And it's the same as you can uh, make a knowledge check against the DC of 10, even if you don't have ranks in that, in that knowledge. Yeah, I still oh. think I should put a rank in it, though. Yeah, no, it's not a bad bonus. idea. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, I just wanted to clarify that you can still handle domesticated animals without my, handle animal. My cleric uh, domain powers went up at this level. So I got Nimbus of Light from my Sun Domain. Oh, Nimbus. Nimbus. Um, round, one, for one round per level, for a 30-foot radius, I get a, basically a daylight dis- effect. It dispels any spell with the darkness descriptor, and undead take damage equal to my level while in its radius. Oh, wow, nice. So, That's pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool. And then um, on her, it got a feat this level. Because he got an extra hit die, and I gave him armor proficiency. Oh, little buddy. So I got to get him barding. some little birdie mithril shirt barding at some point. Weird. What was that movie The I think it's computer generated about the uh, owls the that wore Legends armor or stuff? Yeah. yeah. I never saw or it. Guardians but. of Gaul. That's what it was. Guardians of Gaul. So, it was actually a shockingly good movie. Huh. Anyway. We have seen it. On her, it's going to have little adorable birdie barding, and it's going to be the best. That's cute. Very nice. So Very nice. He will be Sugar's knight in shining barding. 
<laughs> nice. I, I really need this like side episode that's just sugar in on her. If we all get turned into stone, the birds will go on an adventure. <laughs> yes. Guardians of Gold style. <laughs> sure. Find some potion or something to unpetrify us. Between yeah, they got to break in. Smart. Yeah, they got to break into Mom and Offer's barge. <laughs> <laughs> Avoid the lions. Avoid the lions. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, was that? Yeah, I think that that's was everything, everybody, or everything for cool, everyone. Cool. Then Guess we're what? G- we got hit points. Yeah. Ooh. Hey. Yeah, you're that? slightly harder to kill. Our I'll saves may or may not have gone up. Uh, yeah, you're slightly harder to petrify. Uh, on yours, got a second attack for round. Oh, that's exciting. Oh, that's actually a pretty good big milestone. Okay. I imagine the same is true for uh, Citra also. Yeah. All right, so we have some emails. Um, our first one is Lauren from Oxford, England. That's so cool because I'm wearing my Oxford jacket today that we got when we were on our honeymoon. Where do, where's Oxford? Taldor? Oh, yeah, definitely. For Taldor. Yeah, probably for Taldor. Yeah, somewhere in Taldor. Quick Ox- shout out, though. Uh, oh, sorry. I was just going to say quick shout out to her that uh, we read a birthday wish that she sent us. Uh, uh, during the last oh. one. We didn't have time to read through her entire email last time, but we did a birthday wish for her partner whose birthday it was whenever our last after party came out. Cool. So here's the rest of that email. Yeah. Hey. Thanks for being anyway, patient, Lauren. Oxford is pretty awesome. We got to go, but we didn't get to go inside, which I was sad. Sure. They were, they were doing, doing testing, exams. yeah. <laughs> Hi, Find the Path crew. I haven't emailed you before, but I've been avidly listening every week since my partner told me I, I'd enjoy your podcast. We've been playing Homebrew Pathfinder for a couple of years now, and we're planning to start Rise of the Rune Lords in the new year. Best adventure path. At the time we decided this, one of the options on the table had been Mummy's Mask, and I was kind of disappointed that we didn't get to play it. However, and it's a big however, that would have meant not being able to listen to you guys, and honestly, (laughs) I would have been missing out. Oh, Oh, thank thank you. you. Aside from your faultless grasp of the rules, you're also about faultless. Like 98% faultless. Depending on who we're talking about, let's be honest, mine's that more. By like definition, 60. is not faultless. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so aside, we appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> aside from your faultless grasp of the rules, you're also clearly having so much fun playing that it's also infectiously fun to listen to. Oh, thank you. We yeah. do try to have fun, and it's we, almost like we, we like we, each we, other. We, yeah, it's like and I, th- I feel like we Rick always succeed. Cry about invisible stock. He <laughs> <laughs> was very close to there being real tears in this room. Since oh, we won't well. be playing, mu- <laughs> oh jeez, <laughs> we just missed you. No, no more of that voice. <laughs> Since we won't be playing the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path, we're instead trying our hand at the Pathfinder card game. Instead, playing through, of course, Mummy's Mask. Have any of you tried this before? And if so, what did you think? Thanks so much for sharing your Pathfinder story with the world, Lauren. I think Rick and I played the Rise of the Rune Lords once. We did at first. Yeah, with Ross. Yeah, yeah at uh, Sherwood Renaissance Festival. Yeah, we went on a little field trip and we played in the hotel there, and it was, it's, it's fun. Actually, they recently revamped the rule mechanics for it. It was kind of confusing, to be yeah. honest. It's it was probably a, one of those things you need to play a couple times, and then it makes more sense. But yeah. yeah. But then we got frustrated, and we decided, why aren't we just playing Pathfinder? Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I played the mobile version. So did I, and um, it was not any easier to understand. Yeah. It, I guess the thing for me is that I have a hard time with taking something as as in depth as like an adventure path and kind of boiling it down to deck of cards and a couple yeah. of dice rolls. So to me, it kind of loses something yeah, in terms of like you know the storytelling yeah. aspect. So I just I just like adventure and, paths better. And like Rachel said, if all of us are together, we're gonna be playing 
Pathfinder. Yeah. But I do think the card game is cool because if people don't have a gaming group or don't have enough time to do an adventure path, you can at least get the yeah. story through the card game. Yeah. 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 If you're never going to play that adventure path, like that would work. Also, the cards are great since uh, they retired things like the face cards and item cards and stuff like that. That if you wanted to, you could just use the oh, card that's okay. set. I never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. To just go, okay, yeah, you run into this guy. Yeah, Ujebit. And here's cards, the card. I, I mean, the item cards were kind of hit or miss for me, except for like Iron Gods. They were really cool to have. They were because, pretty much essential for Iron Gods. Like, because you didn't that they were dealing with stuff that you don't normally see. But I miss the face cards. Yeah, it's always mask cool to have like you know. Yeah, yeah. Mummy's Mask has some. Yeah, yeah. I think Mummy's Mask is one of the last APs they did it for. No, it's one of the first ones they did. Oh, it for, does it? But they retired it later on. Because mm. I know Rise of the Rune Lord had them, but that was for the that was for the hardcover release. Yeah, right? I can't remember exactly when that. I wanted to say they had one, but I think. It was shortly thereafter that they yeah. retired it. But anyway, I really liked the face cards because it's cool to be like, hey, here's this important person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have a card. It's also a little bit more convenient to pass around like just a single card versus doing the thing where you're like putting your hand up and trying to cover yeah. like the stat block of the person to show what the art looks like. Because that's one of the things like me as a GM, I always want to show the art off, but I don't want to show the spoilers of what are their stats. Oh, yeah. Mama offers this level in this class. Woohoo. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it wouldn't matter so much for you're that. Planning an fight. assassination. I was going to say, we're not going to fight no, Mama Nafra, I hope. I'm not stupid. Alrighty, so we have a second email. This is Nick from Melbourne, Australia. Second part of our international line. I was going to say. I don't know if this next word is because he's uh, trying to appeal to our southern nature or if it is something actually they they also say in Australia, but he says, howdy (laughs) (laughs) Jessica, Rachel, Jordan, and Rick. So I guess uh, Australia would probably be... Sar- he could live with the dinosaur people. Saragava. S- uh, no, no. No, no, no. Sarasan. Sarasan. Sam Stern's a race. We really need yeah. a map up here. So, yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, I'm so, so used to having your like, mural on yeah, the wall to look at, map. and now I don't have it. Look at a little one, and everybody can have like a tiny mini one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so probably somewhere in uh, Sarasan. Okay. I came across your podcast when I decided to run Mummy's Mask for my group of players. I was looking for another AP to run whilst one of my players from Carrion Crown is away for two months, and I made the decision to run Mummy's Mask in July. Egyptian mythology was a massive selling point for this AP. Same for us. Carrion Crown's a good AP too, though. Also, Carrion Crown's a great AP. Very good taste. And I'm now up to date with all of your episodes. Aww. It has been a refreshing experience listening to your podcast. I appreciate your aptitude for the rules, and it's clear everyone is having fun. This is the second comment we got about that. I am so glad y'all register that we are indeed having fun. Don't play this game. It's it's almost like we're playing with our friends or something. Yeah, Yeah. right. I learned so much in my time listening to your episodes, and your after party episodes are a great vehicle for learning and improving how I play in GM. Do you guys do this kind of activity in your other games where you delve behind the GM screen at times to elevate your experiences with an adventure path? That's usually a, hey, we just finished, we're going to go get lunch, and then the whole car ride and the whole lunch is, what do you think about this, or what happened Yeah, what's the theories that we're going about uh, on on what's happening and all this? Yeah, we absolutely do this, and I laugh because I'm always like, we should be recording this too. Well, and it's really hard when we play Mummy's Mask to not do that, because it's like, okay, got to save that for the after party. Yeah, Yeah. We, we have to make sure we don't have all of our discussions before the after like off air yeah Yeah. because it is very very tempting to immediately like while it's fresh in your head to start like yeah it was going in i think it was a little bit easier when we had a game that we were doing outside of recording as well but with life kind of happening we've been pretty much consistently recording and we haven't been playing that other game so it's kind of like all right guys well let's go to lunch but Nobody we can't talk, about, talk anything. about the last four hours of our life. <laughs> um, Except Jessica, who forgets everything. 
you know, I have a chicken. Um, <laughs> I agree with that. And, uh, you know, as a game master, I, I don't like to give out spoilers, but I always like telling people about things that they skipped by or that they missed or alternative things where it's just like, yeah, it was really interesting that you guys didn't fight and kill Kelru so that I could include him back because he's not written into this this adventure. I just included him back in because you didn't kill him and it makes way more sense for him to show back up now if he's not dead. Yeah. If he was dead and he was back, it would be very weird. Yeah, or a lot of times we'll do the what if I didn't uh, make that save if it's, you know, yeah. what happens if I fell off this cliff? How bad would it we be? do that mostly like Hey, what if we didn't succeed in this boss fight at the end of book six? What happens? Oh, yeah, we've yeah, done that a lot that. where it's like there's always a part at the end of the adventure path of what if the party fails. And we yeah. always love to read that after oh. we've succeeded. And Rick is also really good about giving us like villain backstories. Like once we've killed this big enemy and we never have a chance to really learn their backstory, Rick is really good about, hey, this was that character's motivations that there's no way in the adventure path you ever could have learned. Yeah. Especially for the two-page spread, Mm -hmm. guys. All right, continuing on, he says, My experience as both a player and a GM is that by prepping and running an AP, I gain a better working knowledge of both Pathfinder and Galarian as a whole, resulting in alterations in how I approach different aspects of the game as both a player and a GM. What have been your experiences with this? Do you find your experiences in another AP you are playing or running influence tactics, characterization, and approaches in other APs? My fellow players have noticed a change in how I approach the game as a player, and it has been a great tool for building on their experiences and approaches, too. I I think it's really the knowledge that you might gain. We were playing through Carrion Crown when we started Strange Aeons, which also starts in Ustalov, so we knew a lot about that setting going into it. Yeah, we do not go to Ilmarsh. Yeah. Yeah, and as far as, like, different kind of... (laughs) Speaking of... uh, carrying crown uh like rick was playing a diviner who had barred evocation i've never thought of doing that and i saw how effective he actually was with just like pit spells and pit spells snowball and like some other stuff and i was just like now i kind of want to play a character like that like it's i think i don't know if it necessarily changes my characterization because i do challenge myself to be a different character every time and not just be kind of the same old person but um as far as like how i play yeah it definitely changes every time well, and it is like to kind of compliment that. It is a good way to see other classes. Like Rick's follower was the diviner, but his main character was an inquisitor, and I'd never seen anyone play an inquisitor before. Gotta love the inquisitor. And I was like, hey, that's actually a pretty neat class. So it's one of those kind of puts that kind of perspective on it too. I think my only comment on this is um, the more I play, the more difficult it is to not metagame. Uh, because I'll remember, oh, we fought this thing in this other game, and I have to remember, oh, my character doesn't know anything about this. The, the That's worst, that yeah, the, the worst is low-level monsters, because there's only so many you can really yeah. hit, and so it's like, you're fighting a skeleton. I'm like, I know what that is, bludgeoning DR, yeah. but, you know, you have my to, character doesn't know that, so, yeah. you know, you have to at least give it the one hit to be like, oh, that doesn't seem to work. Let me try my bludgeoning weapon, you yeah. know, so it's... Well, I think we I, had a good example of that with the Medusa. I yeah. fought Medusas before. Yep. On yours has no idea what the heck it is, but... Yeah, and you may actually notice this, like, sometimes we know, like, I know the Medusa has a gaze attack, but, like, if I don't make the knowledge roll and nobody tells me, I will still stick to what that character is going to know well, even and not petrify fighting, myself. Everyone here knows what a Medusa does. Yeah. 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 Human beings have heard of this. Yeah. I, I think it ended up getting cut from the episode for time, but I remember there was a whole conversation between Rachel and Jessica where they referenced fighting this Gorgon or whatever oh, it was. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, well, technically Gorgon is a completely separate 
separate monster in Pathfinder and D&D that's a, like a giant metal bull thing that you guys... Yeah, that is not Yeah, so that's accurate. kind of completely separate, but you guys kept going, it's like, but but it doesn't make any sense. It's like, yeah, but Medusa's entire race, like, well, no, the Medusa was a single thing. It's like, yeah. It's because we're both lit majors. A lady named Medusa. It was a person. She has they, a backstory. They do that with a lot of monsters, though, in Pathfinder. There's I'm still o- salty about it. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a bunch of monsters where there's only one of them, but it's an entire race in Pathfinder, like in mythology. There was only yeah. one Minotaur, yep. but Minotaur's... Yeah, but his name wasn't Minotaur. Yeah, his name yeah. wasn't Minotaur. So... Okay, moving on. Anyway... So I will say the the only other thing that I'll probably point out that pertains towards that is, uh, and probably the biggest thing is what class someone plays in one game, somewhat translates over to what classes they won't play in a different game. Yeah, I don't want to be running two clerics at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I, I, oh, yeah, I, I specifically sense. like uh, in two of these games I have not been playing a. a uh, arcane caster because like in strange aeons which we're playing on the side i'm playing an arcane caster so like i don't want to play that on the pod and see and i kind of did the opposite where one of our home games i was playing a sorceress and so that's why i was like oh i'm pretty knowledgeable about these right now so i'd like to play that for the podcast so that yeah I, yeah it's like i've never played a bard i'll play a bard yeah i generally try <laughs> to play something i haven't played before in some way either it's a different archetype or it's a different mm-hmm. uh build or something even if I know it may not be most efficient because everybody knows I don't build efficient characters. So that's consistent. Alrighty. So one last paragraph out of this email says, Additionally, my players have made comments about how Mummy's Mask seems to be quite intense from the start and the complexity just keeps building. They are enjoying it, but at the end of each session, you know, of three to four hours of play, they feel mentally exhausted, but so satisfied that they got through it. It has also been fun (laughs) sharing with them tidbits from your podcast and how you guys approach things differently. I am sure they are looking forward to listening to to your podcast when we are done so they can experience it all over again. Keep up the great work. Okay, oh, now man. I need to know what they did. I know. Yeah, so like, send us details, <laughs> man. Tell us. Add us on Twitter or put it in the subreddit. I want to know. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to hear some of the I'd definitely be curious to know what else, like, not not spoilers, like, what you've done in the future, but, like, what have you guys done? That's to, like, where we are. You know, how did you go with the tile puzzles and the, eye taker, know, old yeah. eye taker yeah, and anything eye-taker. like that? The first you know? two books of Mummy's Mask definitely were kind of a slog. Tafu's been kind of a relief. It is kind of interesting after two books of almost non-stop Not, yes. combat to just have, I think it's warped to what, like five you guys or hit six about episodes? ten episodes without combat. We had ten one combat episodes. and then I didn't even get to, you didn't either really. Well, Not really the yeah. chariot race is probably going to be pretty action-packed, I would imagine. So. Yeah, I have no idea one how that's going to work, but I'm assuming it's not just going to be a bunch of bouncing dice. Well, I mean, I'm assuming there's going to be is, but I'm assuming there's going to be reasons behind it. It's not just, roll this skill check and we'll see where you are. Roll 13 d20s and tell me them in order. (laughs) I imagine it's going to be more like, oh, this guy pulls up to the side. What do you do? I do this. Roll this dice. Bah, attack. I don't know. I hope it's more than just a hundred, you know, <laughs> D20 rolls. I promise our listeners an exciting time. Of a hundred D20 rolls. One hundred D20 rolls. I wonder you guys, I'm going to find rolls. a way to make math exciting. <laughs> but going back to his email, I need to know if y'all win in the dance hall. That's what I need to yes. know. I was going to say, anybody who's been if in the dance hall, the dance hall. How, how fast did you die? Somebody Let us know what's that in there. on the Reddit, and I was like, no, we're not insane. <laughs> Tell us what's in the dance hall, listeners. <laughs> We still have one more email. Okay. This one is Pete from Sandpoint, the Burbs of Massachusetts. Nice. Burbs. Mel. 
Find the path. <laughs> I've been marathoning through while I paint minis and work on my own RPG projects. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. Good time. Let us thank what you for uh, letting RPG us keep your project. Going. I'm very curious. I'm pretty now. sure he is about to say in the rest of this email. Oh, okay. Sorry, I jumped the gun. <laughs> Sorry, I jumped the gun. <laughs> Calm down, I, Jordan. <laughs> I suspect this particular AP might not be for every group, but FTP totally pulls it off. You all, and it's not just Rick, give life to Assyrian. The way you've all embraced the Egyptian-ness, question mark, of it makes it feel so much deeper than a veneer over medieval sword and sorcery setting, which I could totally see happening with the wrong group. I know you've commented on this subject in some of the recap podcasts, so I've got a different question entirely. I was wondering if FTP uses minis in your games. My newest project is a travel case for minis, and I'd like to send a couple to you all when they come in as a little thanks for all the entertainment and inspiration. That'd be fun. Thank you. Uh, Thank yes, you. please. Yes, we, yeah. we, do we do use minis. Uh, we have. We do occasionally travel with said minis when we go to PaizoCon, so yeah. that would be awesome. Uh, we we also are big fans of the minis. We actually keep every mini we've ever made <laughs> and painted. And like, so Jess and I have like these display cases that we got that were, I think they're originally for like shot glasses or yeah. something, but we put minis in them. Yep. And, and if you take too. maps and put them on the back, it looks really nice. It looks really cool. Yeah. So we we're love- huge mini people. Yes. Um, I'm, a, I'm like addicted to Hero 4. Yeah. I think all of the minis for uh, Mummy's Mask were Hero Forge. Uh, yes, all of them were Hero Forge. On her, he came from a familiar pack from Rita. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. That makes sense. Um, <laughs> I just listened to the Judge episode with the tragic ending for Sudi. Those two uh, episodes with the Judge top my list for most entertaining episodes. <laughs> Big fan, Pete. Objection. <laughs> he does have a postscript. P.S. For my next character, I may or may not borrow heavily from what I know of on Eurus's backstory. Loved the Lost in the Desert for years and thought Dead Hook. I definitely want to know more. Well, you're coming up on some big reveals for on your I feel I feel like when we get to the parched dunes, there's got to be some reveals. There. Well, and if he's back at old I take her. Yeah, yeah, he hasn't gotten he's, such oh, some that's other true. stuff. That's right, he's got some. There's stuff. some big reveals in episode 50, and oh, I yeah. think a few more after that. Well, I take her. I think is early 40s. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he's not even to episode 50 yeah. yet. So he doesn't even have a special stone. Well, thanks so much for sending in those emails. Keep them coming, guys. We do love going through them and uh, interacting uh, yeah. however we can. Again, we'd love to hear your stories if you're playing through Mummy's Mask. Yes, It'd be really just, cool. Just no spoilers for ahead of where we are, please. Yes, please. Yes. Yes, please. No spoilers. Think Doctor Who about it. Gotta keep it. No spoilers. Uh. <laughs> um, so I guess all we have left for today is casting a data. Who so. do we have left? Um, Torag, Farazma... Erasmal? Kalistra. Ka- no, Erasmal oh, no, was no. last time. Oh, yeah, no. oh, so, yeah, Kalistra. I think you're right. Kalistra. 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 So I'm guessing bounce a D3. Bounce a D3. Three. All right. I believe you rolled a literal three, which would be a figurative two on a D3, correct? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Okay. We don't actually have D3s, <laughs> unfortunately. I don't even know what a D3 would look like. It's I've a D6, seen but with repeating numbers. Well, I know, but like, if you were making a real-life D3, how would you even do that? They're like squishy. I've seen them before. They're like weirdly shaped. Okay. <laughs> Apparently they exist. Did not know that. Anyway, who did we get? For today, we will be casting Phrasma, the Lady of Graves, the goddess of birth, death, fate, and prophecy. Cool. Phrasma is the stern observer of life and death, scrutinizing the tangled webs of fate and prophecy, mercilessly cold in the administration of her duties, having seen infants die, the righteous fall too soon, tyrants live to advance age, she makes no judgment about the justness of a particular death, and welcomes each birth with equal severity. At the moment of a mortal's birth, she knows the many possible paths each soul could follow, but reserves her official verdict until the last possible moment. Legends claim that Phrasma saw Aridan's death approaching, and even judged him as she does all those born as mortals. 
but did nothing to warn even her own followers, many of whom were driven mad by the event. Though prophecy is no longer reliable, prophets continue to be born, and most of them are rendered insane by their confusing and contradictory visions. In art, Phrasma is depicted as a midwife, a mad prophet, and a reaper of the dead depending on her role. Her visage usually has gray skin, white eyes, and white hair. As the midwife, she is efficient and severe, hair pulled back and arms bared from the hands to the elbow. Pregnant women often carry tokens of this image on long necklaces to protect their unborn children and grant them good lives. As the prophet, Phrasma is wild-eyed and tangled hair, and her words echo like thunder. As the reaper, she is tall and gaunt with a hooded black gown and an hourglass with fast flowing red sand, and is often shown seated on her throne and passing judgment on mortal souls. Alright, so I had a hard time with this one. I'm still, like, both of these women are very equal in my you mind. You pick one. I know, I'm gonna pick one. I already know mine. Me too. Me three. So I've got it down to Angelica Houston or Helen Mirren, but I think I'm gonna go with Helen Mirren. Because uh, first off, she has the long flowing hair, and you know she's had a, a, a crazy long career. Obviously, she's been the queen, she's been Morgana, she's been mm -hmm. everything, and I think she would be able to embody every aspect of Phrasma. Mm. So Helen Mirren, okay. but Angelica Houston was a real close second. <laughs> Kate Blanchett, Gladriel, Hella, she's done so much other. Yeah. Work. Yeah. Okay. I can I just she has that kind of ethereal look and I think she could do really really good in that part of Phrasma. Okay. Yeah. I can see it. It's all like Kate Blanchett for the win. Not dark but beautiful. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's definitely a good option. I'm going to go a little bit further afield from there. Maybe not a uh, an actress with with uh, quite the credentials of the two of those, although uh, although one with a great deal of experience and range and another Helen. Helen Bonham Carter. Oh, I love Helena. Helen Bonham Carter. Oh, that's, yeah, that's no. a little, I mean, a little quirky and weird. Crazy. She's, she's another one of my idols. I do love me some Helena Bonham Carter. She can yeah. definitely pull off like a stern, a little crazy. Well, she can know? do the stern side, but I, like, I think portraying three different aspects of the same person, she can be stern, but also portray kind of a more caring character, but also like the mad prophetess. I appreciate her range. Yeah, and I, I, I already chose Eva Green for something else, and so I can't well, go. Well, she Eva doesn't Green so much get typecast as work in, and work in all of her husband's projects. I was gonna say when you're <laughs> in pretty much married. every Tim Burton movie. Well, you know movie, what I mean. And they're, practically they're broken married. up. <laughs> yeah, but like she's in every, every Tim Burton movie. Like a while ago, the they are not together. No, they're not together. Oh, anymore. yeah. Wow. I really appreciate her range. I find her uh, a whole lot of fun, and I think that uh, this should be an interesting choice for it, if nothing I else. Can I can see it. My choice is Michelle Gomez, oh, who's good. in a lot of things, oh, but she's in, uh, most recently, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I have no idea. She I plays Lilith. I do not see, I've not oh, seen that. Oh, okay. She's also in the uh, 12s Doctor Who. She oh, plays yeah. the master, She's the master. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I do know her from that. She All pulls right. off severe really well. She pulls off the wild, mad kind of prophet thing. And then the stern thing always. So that's fine. Yeah. Okay, cool. Wait, didn't there a quote about her? That she said that. Oh yeah, she with a face like this, I'll be playing witches and is my whole career. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I love that. That's great. Okay, I'm gonna go for somebody classy with a very storied history and massive acting chops who can pull off being very stern in the way that only British people seem to be able to do a great, great job of. <laughs> Dame 
Judy Dench. Mm. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. Very. It, she can definitely be able to pull off that severe thing, but also be yeah. surprisingly warm. She's very charismatic in like interviews and stuff. Yeah. Also, she's a dame. I've never seen anything with Judy Dench Young. Um, yeah. Like I just, really. I've always seen her. It's kind of like with uh, uh, with Maggie Smith. Like she's always just. Oh, have you been seen kind of old? Have you seen pictures of Maggie Smith when she was young? She was a oh, gorgeous. She was gorgeous. Woman. Yes. But I've never seen anything because. You know they're they're older women so but i haven't seen movies of them like way back in the day oh my god how do we not cast maggie smith for something i mean well, there's other things calistria <laughs> yeah, uh, that would be a weird casting i've had mine know. picked for that for a while me All too right. okay. well cool i guess uh y'all vote and uh cool yeah because okay. i don't i don't think we're gonna be able to come to consensus on kate blanchett no 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 helen mirren dame judy dench <laughs> Michelle Gomez. All right. Well, that is it for us this week. Keep the emails coming. Find us on Reddit and all the other stuff. And we look forward to hearing from y'all. Good luck, Pathfolk. Bye. Name Judy Dench. <laughs> Rude. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.